Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pop culture, subculture, music, horror, sex, politics, art, and overall bad ass. This is Society 13, redefining podcasting. Music, music, horror, horror. Subculture. subculture, and overall, overall bad ass. ass. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio, Radio. with your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean. And Sean. Hey folks, we're back. It's 2021. You can say hi, Sean. Hello. And we have a guest tonight, Lene Herzog of Lene's Garden. If you like your alt punk rock, I would say art rock. That's what's coming up for you. Um, Sean, how are you doing today? It's been a little bit. I'm doing good. Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, exhausted. You sound exhausted too. <laughs> yeah, today was an exhausting day. It was a long day. Okay. Well, don't short work week, short work week, but it's been a long work week. How about that Marilyn Manson? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I, uh, no comment. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, even Tr- Trent turned his back on that. him. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, what's weird is, you know, a few years ago, um, he dismissed, um, Jordy White from the band for, uh, you know, <laughs> similar circumstances yeah that's right you're right and um you know was very i don't even i can't even remember if he was very preachy about it really it it was just uh maybe the right thing to do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah i don't think there was a lot of um a whole whole lot of like um you know discussion discussion points about i i can't can't even trying to think of what i really want to say there but um he's just doing the pc thing to do yeah i think i think that was kind of what happened then but you know and now now of course it sounds like what he what he's done is you know 
horrendous. Yeah, I but. guess. I don't know the particulars. I almost don't care to. I just, I'm, I'm going to say, folks, yeah, I, I'm hurt. It sucks. It's uh, Bill Cosby all over again for me. Uh, just, you know, these heroes just falling. I mean, left and right. Uh, yes. I, I think I appreciated Marilyn Manson's music, most of it, anyhow. And uh-huh. um, But I was never really a big, huge Marilyn Manson fan. I mean, I saw them open for Nine Inch Nails and uh, on the 1994 tour. Yeah, you at, saw the one, yeah. In Pittsburgh, yeah, with the Jim Rose Circus. And, um, you know, I liked it enough to, to listen, but I personally never bought... Um, any of the albums i i think my brother bought the album um i kind of headed in a little bit different direction musically than than my brother did at that time and uh he was more of a fan than i was i was more of just kind of a casual listener i'm definitely a fan um i I have all the albums and i like more some more than others so yeah i'm just disappointed and uh yeah i mean what can you do uh, moving on to other disappointments. <laughs> uh, M. Night Shyamalan. 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 Uh, I'm watching The Servant on Apple TV, and I, I'm seven episodes in. It's two seasons long. I'm seven episodes in on the first season, and I still don't know what it's about, and nobody is likable. But it's weird enough to keep my attention because the acting is good. That's about it, though. I think the last thing I saw from him was probably either um, that elevator movie about the devil. Oh, that was or, good. Uh, devil. Yeah, it's called Devil. Yeah. Or um, did he do The Happening with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing much happened yeah, I there. Think, I, I want to say those are probably one of the last things I saw from him. I know he did um, He did a couple movies that mm-hmm. were, um, what did he do, Glass? and um, Yeah, the, the trilogy... Uh, it was like a, it was like a trilogy. Unbreakable, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. those. His superhero arc on those, um, but the uh, signs is still my favorite by him. But the servant thing, I, I can't even tell you what it's about. I mean, I can uh, a, a, a family. Well, let's see, a husband and wife, young husband and wife. He's a chef. He, he's got money. They live in Philly, and um, she. Let's see, the girl. I forget her, her name, but she was in Six Feet Under the Redhead. She's kind of psycho um lost a child from what we understand um during the pregnancy and uh in her head the baby's still alive and replaced by a doll in a crib they hire a servant to come along who i don't know what we don't know what this girl is if she's a witch if there's a cult there's some kind of cult thing happening but somehow she uh manages to get the doll to come alive and be a real baby now this can't end well but I'm seven episodes in, and I still really can't tell you what this thing's about. But that's The Servant on Apple TV. And, boy, you were mad at Apple TV when I told you I was watching that. You are like, you're like, fuck Apple TV. Like, Whoa, what happened there? <laughs> I just don't like Apple. Yeah, I don't, I don't like think. it either. I don't, I don't have any Apple products. Um, my, at our household, um, our uh, 19-year-old is the... Uh, uh, the Apple connoisseur. She uh, she has you know her MacBook and her um, iPhone and all that stuff. Uh, my wife and I we're more we like Samsung, so we're Samsung. Okay, that's fair. Um, I've been diving deep into documentaries lately, and I talked about it on the last episode with Lynn Muller. Actually, that was a good episode. Lynn was great. Go back and check it out, folks. Um, been diving into like you know cryptic cryptic uh, yeah the cryptids. And uh, Bigfoot, and also the Shadow People, 
The Shadow People, there's a couple of uh, really bad documentaries and a couple of really good fictional films all on Prime. The documentaries are pretty cheesy, but they uh, they do get to the point because I have talked to some experts about this. And do you, do you know this? The Shadow People often appear in conjunction with people that suffer from sleep paralysis. Did you know this? Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody. Not everybody, but some. And we'll have to reveal on this show sometime soon. Somebody close to us both just inform me that he she also suffers from sleep paralysis and never told me but more on that later well, interesting I'll, I'll be curious to find out who that is because uh oh you'll be there i'd like to uh compare notes you know what i mean yes but no shadow people for you right no um not personally i i mean i the but, weirdest thing for me was um just feeling like you have a million crawly things trying to pull you away okay so you're not having the sensation on your chest of something sitting there which is also has been um they have claimed you know succubi in the and, and incubi in the days before science they blame demons for sitting on the chest and stealing your breath you don't have well such... when i when i wake up usually it uh, you know the association of uh a lack of breath is there yeah like a hmm. deep gasp for breath you know I, I don't know if it's that you're actually not breathing or if it's just that, you know, you know, sleep paralysis, you know, of course, your mind's awake, but mm -hmm. it's like your body's paralyzed. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I can see, like, the room that I'm in, you know, when, it, when mm -hmm. it's happening, yeah, it yeah. My, you know, my bedroom or wherever I'm at that, it, that it's happening. Um, but sometimes it's almost like hallucinatory like there's like you're somewhere else and you wake up and you're like did, did that just happen okay. or was i dreaming or so i it it's odd it's it's the oddest thing if it's if it's never happened to you mm -hmm. it's just so strange i i can't even i don't even know how to explain it and i don't really know i don't even know that i know anybody else that uh has hmm sleep paralysis so I, I would be curious to know well i know three now stuff. three three all of which have been on the show uh one guy one girl um yeah so there's a book that i'm reading that uh, i'm hoping has a section in it um i don't know if there's any whitley streber fans out there I but i'm a big whitley streber fan i am too i think he's a little you know off his rocker but yeah yeah <laughs> He has some some wild theories and explanations, and um, a very unique perspective on things. Yeah, and, communion uh, being so a I'm, favorite, communion, and um, of course Wolfen. Yeah, I actually never read Wolfen. I, I want to say, didn't they make a movie out of that? Yeah, it was an '80s classic because it was always on TV on Sunday nights. Uh, yeah, it wasn't made for I TV though. But we saw the movie when I was a kid. But I saw, of course, good. I saw The Hunger with David Bowie and yeah. uh, Catherine Deneuve. And, um, but I took you off task uh, there, Whitley Streeper. Yeah, and I I read the novel. Uh, he had a three book uh, series on on vampires that I read. That I ah. of course, the Vampire King. I love vampire stories. But uh, he he did this book. Um, it's called the Supernatural. Not supernatural one word, but the supernatural two huh. words. No, I don't know and, that one. Uh, why the unexplained is real and he he wrote it with another author it's co-authored by uh, jeffrey kripal okay and um apparently this guy is a professor uh pro excuse me a professor of religion at rice university so he's 
uh, written critically acclaimed books on various subjects dealing with um, the history of religion and paranormal and hmm. uh, stuff like that. So awesome. It, um, it's it's interesting. Um, they kind of play off each other so far. I'm only a couple chapters in, um, but uh, it's it's an interesting book. Cool. Uh, that's the nonfiction book I'm reading right now, and then I'm reading another fiction book. It's called The Dead Path by uh, Stephen M. Irwin, and um, I would say that if people are big time Stephen King horror fans. Mm-hmm. They would probably really, really, really like this book. I I really like this book. It's what's the plot? Uh, like, um, <clears throat> uh, it's it. I'd say it's it's based on. There's some ghost story elements to it, but there's also something else going on that I haven't quite uh, figured out yet. I'm about halfway through the book. And, Whoa, um, halfway and you still don't know. That's called suspense. Yeah, there's a lot of suspense. I mean, it's it's a really, really, really good book. And uh, I'll let you borrow it when I'm done All with right. it. So is it like family terror or ghost house or demons? Please. Um, it's, it's kind of about a town. It's not quite like, you know, something nefarious is happening in the wooded part of this town. Hmm. And um, it's not quite like something like Stephen King's It. Okay. Uh, not like uh, a cult? Well, I'm not sure. I think uh. I think it could be. I think it could be a cult or witch-related or something of that okay. nature. But I'm, I'm again, I'm not sure yet. I want to hear more about so. this one when you finish. I probably will borrow that from you. Um, and That's like, really good. He actually did a, a Netflix TV show, too. I think it's called... It has something to do with uh, mermaids. Uh, it's not called Sirens, but it's um, hmm. Tidelands. Think is what it's called. Interesting. There's a lot of mermaid stuff yeah. on there, especially if you get Shudder. But uh, yeah, you know how I like my serpent, sea serpent creatures. Um, <laughs> I like to mix it up like you do with uh, fiction and nonfiction. I, I went from you know my music books to now. Um, uh, this is going to be a future guest here, J.J. Crane's Just Beyond the Shadows. It is a Bigfoot book, harkening back to my cryptids. Uh, Just Beyond the Shadows is a work of fiction, but it's very it's done by a guy with a lot of knowledge on Bigfoot hunting. And it is scary. I couldn't believe this book actually scared me. I couldn't put it down. He also has a book called uh, On the Jersey Devil. But, uh, yeah, J.J. Crane is his name. And, uh, yeah, this is the one that Heather turned me on to him. She met him at a show, and she lent me the book. And, uh, yeah, so we're working on getting him on here, which is – this was a good book. I, but I also at the same time – go ahead. I was going to say I'm really into uh, the Bigfoot lore. Um, You'll like this. I've, I've watched – you know, probably just about every show there is on TV. And there was a new, <laughs> the latest show, I'd say the latest show that was on the Travel Channel was yeah. called um, Expedition Bigfoot. It was, it kind of took the same, almost the same approach as Finding Bigfoot, which used to be on Animal Planet. Oh, yeah, but yeah. they, they do it a little bit different. They are using data from Bigfoot sightings uh, in one particular area. And they're sort of trying to triangulate when to be there like okay these sightings have occurred over a period of time when did most of the sightings take place so they're trying to zero in on a time period Mm -hmm. to be at that actual location for like i don't know what the hunt is like a two or three week period and then and then try to um see if they can make contact the problem is though and this is the same problem i have with most of the shows on the travel channel 
everything's been moved to their Discovery Plus platform, and yet there's n- another streaming service now that you have to subscribe to to get these shows. <laughs> and that's a real big bitch of mine right now yeah, that you were, I'm you were a little bit a little bit pissed about because were you a little bit angry about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I watch I watch that show Ghost Adventures. I I love that show. I think those guys are really funny, but I appreciate what they do. It's not just for the humor. And um, I I think that show's probably moved uh, off to this streaming platform too. So, you know, cable a lot of the cable shows are you know getting pulled for these streaming platforms and. Um, I don't know. I think it's just content wars right now, you know. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you can see that. Definitely. Oddly, I just watched a Bigfoot thing uh, earlier. Uh, Bigfoot Hunters. Um, it, nothing great. There's good ones and bad ones. There's some that are just plain annoying with no content whatsoever. But then there's some interesting ones out there. But um, Also, too, I, I should mention I, I have the new Foo Fighters, which I'm enjoying. I'm gonna, I need more perusal on that, and we'll talk about it next time. Um, and also, too, I recently (laughs) i watched a horror movie that actually in a sense kind of offended me i got offended which isn't often only because i looked at it from a a certain point of view i I mean i I ended up watching the whole thing it's called the untold story a chinese cantonese sweeney todd is that's what i would compare it to uh by director herman yao um anthony wong is a british hong kong actor who shows up in this and he is the uh main character so to speak very disturbing and it is it, it was filmed in 93 it came out in 93 and somehow i missed it but it's on shutter now the untold story not for the squeamish and if you're easily offended don't watch it um there's uh, it starts off it's one of these like you can't figure out their archetypes they're chinese archetype archetypal characters very strange and complicated it seems like it's going to be a comedy at first and then just slowly it turns into the most horrific thing i've ever seen in my life almost Almost. Uh, yeah, you might want to steer clear of that one. <laughs> I think I'll give that a pass. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a very Sweeney Todd, um, very uh, serial killer-ish. But the graphic graphic nature is outrageous. Uh, well, but, yeah, I've been on Shutter because um, I like that show, A Discovery of Witches. Now, I never read the oh, books yeah. by I think it's uh, Deborah Harkness. I think that wrote the books. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but um, Discovery of Witches, it's a, obviously it's about witches, but it's also about vampires and I think other um, folklore kind of characters. So um, I watched the first season and um, I'm just now on, I think, third episode of the second season. And it's really good. That's kind of right up my alley. So I definitely like it. Um, you still there? <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, we're, we're getting ready for our guest here uh, very shortly here, uh, Lene Herzog from Lene's Garden, formerly of Power Slut, her, uh, her other baby. Um, we're going to have her on here in, after the break here. Thanks for sticking with Kettle Whistle Radio. We have more shows coming up and more things to talk about. And I am preparing to cure Sean of his infliction of sleep paralysis. I've consulted the experts. More on a later date. How do you feel about that? Sure. <laughs> sure. I'll, uh, I'll entertain anybody trying to cure me of sleep paralysis. Let's see what we can I do. I have to say it hasn't, it, you know, it, it's been a few months since it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I know it's been a few months. I can't remember the exact. Usually I can remember the event and it, you know, but. 
All right. Well, this one. I've been having very vivid and very weird, odd dreams lately, too. So I think we all yeah. are. Yeah, that's definitely something right now. That's for real. Yeah, every day, something almost like fever dreamish. When I was when I was younger, I used to, and I don't really recall this so much now. But when I was younger, I remember I used to have dreams that were very memorable for whatever reason, and then at a future date, could be months, could be years down the road, even. Um, you know that, and we're talking again, memorable dreams. Um, parts of the dream seem to become reality, and I I remember it, it almost like deja vu. Deja vu. And I think that's pretty weird too. So well, that's happened to me a time or two. I I understand that. That's yeah. I think that's more common than you think. But um, all right, well, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. But first, as always, D Factor in the background. That's us, our house band. We love it. And thank you, John Young, for all your work there. And um, we're about to get into uh, Lene Herzog and Lene's garden. But I got to tell you, uh, you're going to hear first, uh, we just, uh, well, I just talked to my, my new friend, Ricky. We're not going to give particulars yet. Uh, flatspotrecords.com, flatspotrecords.com, punk rock, NYC, hardcore, and punk rock in general. That we wouldn't refuse. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, you, you're going to hear some bugging right now. Formerly bugging out, but detracted because apparently another band had the name bugging out. Whatever. You're going to hear more bugging out coming soon. They do a great cover of Beastie Boys Gratitude. Just wait or go look it up. Go on Bandcamp, you people. Yes, go on Bandcamp, look up bugging. And they're phenomenal. Punk rock, NYC hardcore. We're going to listen to that and we'll get right into, after that, Lene Herzog from Lene's Garden. Thanks for listening. Now a little brain freeze.
guys, this is Ty Oliver from Powerman 5000, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, friends, and fiends, we're here with Linnea Herzog of Linnea's Garden. How are you today? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. I, Sean's tired. It's been a long week for everybody, long year for everybody. But so, how is, what is your mindset right now? You know, I'm feeling optimistic. Um, ever since 2021 sort of rolled around, vaccines got approved. I've been feeling pretty good about how things are going. You know, new president just everything feels a lot better than it felt in 2020 yeah actually we don't get political on the show but you had something interesting you have a you have some uh, um uh, i don't know uh, is it a professional attachment with biden uh sort of so i work at the broad institute of okay. mit and harvard over in cambridge okay. and so our director actually got appointed to be biden's scientific advisor which was a position that was recently elevated to a cabinet level which is super cool interesting wow you rub shoulders with this person oh no i've never actually met him in person oh, okay. um yeah his name is eric lander he's brilliant um he's one of the founders of the broad institute so yeah it's very cool it's an honor to be working there yeah sean uh, actually linnea, linnea might be one of our smartest guests <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you know, so. I know a lot about like one thing, <laughs> Let's just say. not a lot about other things. <laughs> All right, so we have played you before. We, uh, you, you have our only Christmas song, I believe, to date, um, with Power <laughs> Slut. Um, and yeah, people enjoyed that one, but yeah, so now it's on to Linnea's Garden. But you uh, now, this you have this EP, Nowhere Friday Nights, comes out March 5th, correct. That's right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to releasing this music. You know, I feel like it's my best work yet. Um, it's just all these songs came out of, you know, sort of like years of working on the material, plus some songs that were more recently written. And it just all kind of came together in this awful, terrible summer um, right. that yielded a lot of good art. And um, now, how long have you been at this? Because I, I want to talk about the transition between Power Slot to Linnae's Garden. But uh, how long have you actually been playing? So I first picked up a guitar when I was in eighth grade, I want to say. But I was a piano player before that and, you know, lifelong singer. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I started, like, my first bands in high school. Had a very supportive scene um, with our Battle of the Bands and stuff. And then I kind of shift gears to uh, classical music in college and was writing stuff like for string quartets. But then I decided I'd rather make rock music. You know, that was sort of <laughs> how I wanted to express myself. And it was, you know, more of an outlet to get loud. <laughs> that was what I wanted to be doing. Um, so I started so, Power Slide pretty much like right after I graduated college in 2012. Um, and then was part of that with... Uh, yeah, probably like eight years <laughs> until 2020. And then I've been doing Linnea's Garden for the past year. Sean, do you have some there? Yeah, I didn't want to walk all over oh, that. Oh, you're cool. But, uh, I, you know, you brought up a couple of things there. And, um, you know, you said in about eighth grade you picked up the guitar. Did you Were you self-taught uh, always or did you have formal training? Which leads to the next question. You said you were uh, writing for string quartets hmm. in college and... Um, I was just curious about, you know, if, if everything was self-taught or, um, you know, training uh, with uh, a teacher in any way. So my piano 
and um, I also play clarinet. All of that, like, I'm classically trained. I had lessons, but with guitar, it was a little bit more of a freeform, um, sort of unstructured thing, kind of learning guitar tabs on my own time. Like, when YouTube started being a thing, like, looking up the video tutorials of how to play songs. I did have a few lessons, um, but it wasn't, like, as long of a term thing as with the piano. Yeah, so you can obviously read music, and uh, I would imagine you write music, too. Yeah, but I don't do that for songs on guitar. I don't write, like, the musical notes or anything. Now, we uh, we initially, we met you through uh, a friend of ours, actually, uh, Matthew of Mr. Vertigo. Yeah, he's awesome. He, yes, he uh, is. helped us with the recording for the last Power Sled album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he um, he's probably one of our long... Yeah, probably the longest follower of Kettle Whistle Radio from, like, inception. He was around, you know, about 11 years ago now. Uh, yeah, we've been playing his stuff. He's, his might have been some of the first music we've played, now that I think about it, all those years ago. Great guy, though. So you guys, do you guys ever work professionally together or jam? Uh, yeah, so I got to know him through the Rock and Roll Rumble, which is, like, this big... Uh, it's more of, like, a music festival of Boston, New England fans than, like, a battle of the bands, per se. But yeah. there is, like, a competition element to it and surprises. So um, I got to know him through that, just attending. And then in 2019, Power Slut was in the Rumble. And um, one of the prizes we won, because we made it to the finals, um, was that he helped us, like, record. Um, and he had some uh, studio hookups, sort of, that were part of the the prizes with that so um we worked with him to record both the christmas song as well as um the vocals for fun with junk which was the last power slut album okay and you uh so you i was reading something you wrote here actually that you won a boston music award the award in 2020 yeah it was okay. it was weird because it was after power slut had actually disbanded <laughs> that this happened right um <laughs> So yeah. it was kind of like a really, you know, awesome conclusion to the whole Power Slut chapter. Kind of um, is, yeah, in a way. <laughs> I definitely, you know, wish that there'll be an in-person ceremony. So, you know, we might have the opportunity to play that big stage House of Blues, right? That would be awesome. Right. Well, Did you refer to that as posthumous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. True. Very true. <laughs> I mean, we're not Let, dead. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Lena, we'll see. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question um, about the the uh, naming conventions for not only the bands <laughs> but also the song titles. What kind of uh, thought process and also care goes into how you select like a, a name for a project, but also the titles of your songs? Is it really just based on the content or? Yeah, so first I'll start with the names of the project. So both Power Sled and Linnea's Garden were names that I had for years before the bands even existed. Uh, Power Sled was something kind of suggested to me by an acquaintance, and I just kind of kept it in mind. Um, actually used it in a fiction story in college, like before the band was even a thing. Um, and... Linnea's Garden, actually, I had that name sort of in mind even before Power Slut, and it comes from, um, there's a children's book called Linnea in Monet's Garden, and mm. there's a doll that goes with it that's, like, named Linnea, um, so obviously I had that growing up. Um, Very cool. And basically, it's like she spends time with the artist Monet, and I sort of was inspired to think, like, what would happen if 
you know, she went on and had her own sort of work and artistic <laughs> endeavors, and it's sort of an imagining of that. Well, I love that there's an actual prop. I, I, as Sean, uh, my studio here, I'm surrounded by props and something that can simulate the imagination just by looking at it and you can write about it later or play something. It's that, that, I'm all about that. Yeah, definitely. And then for the song titles, usually it's a word that's in the song or a phrase. Um, so I just try to make it so like if someone's going to see us play, and they hear like a few key phrases in the chorus, they can link that with like the name of the song, for instance, when <laughs> the album comes out or when I'm talking about it. So just try to make it intuitive. Well, let's uh, let's give them a taste. What do you think? Oh, oh, wait, you got something else there, man? No, I was just going to add to the, the, you know, to your point that it was cool that there was a there's an actual story behind, you know, some some people <laughs> just like, uh, you know, I, I've heard of bands that just kind of like throw uh, letters on a table and they sort of shuffle them around until they find something that works or, you know, people have various different methodologies for choosing the name of a band. And it's just cool to hear that you have a really neat uh, story behind, you know, each of those bands. So, yeah, actually, I don't know why the story of Coraline came to my head when she was talking about that, but that's a very Tim Burton-esque thing I would think of. But um, you into Tim Burton? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've seen some of the movies. I've seen Coraline. Yeah. It's probably the doll connection. I think so. <laughs> but uh, how, all right, so we want to play non-dramatic breakup song, correct? Yeah, that's the latest. Absolutely. Uh, Garden single. A lot of fun. came out recently. A lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you sending the music. And uh, all right, well, we'll get back to you folks after this. And this is non-dramatic breakup song from the EP coming out in March, Nowhere Friday Nights. All right, thanks for listening.
we're back, folks. Thank you for listening. We're here with Linnea Herzog of Linnea's Garden. And that was just non-dramatic breakup song, which I got to say is hilariously snide. And I, I, <laughs> I can hear your fiendish grin while you're performing it. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly exists. Yeah, I believe that. Sean, you there? You with us still? So Linnea, He's here. Me? Yeah, you're here. <laughs> I am always here, man. I know. <laughs> Haunting the chapel. So- Linnea, the band, uh, Linnea's Garden, um, you guys, as we were talking kind of off air, uh, you guys just started um, after the, the demise of Power Slut and uh, just before the pandemic. I wonder, um, what's that been like to, to create a project during a pandemic and um, not being able to play live shows and having to probably get pretty creative with how you... Um, you know, go out and capture an audience, so to speak. In your, I know with the other band, you might have had, um, you know, people that were already familiar with your music. But how do you take a new project and how do you how do you um, shop that to people? So a lot of what Power Slot was all about was the live show, right? And so when you take that away, you have to focus on other things as a musician. Um, so right away, it was all about, um, can we create videos? Can we do more recordings? Because the thing about Power Slot was like, we just didn't record that often. <laughs> um, and so I wanted the dynamic to be different with Linnea's Garden. And I want to see how far I could push sort of the DIY dynamic. Um, because a lot of the opportunities we had um, originally, like recording in a studio, were not available. And so I just wanted to see if I could learn to do it on my own. And the thing is, not only could I do it on my own, but I actually was happier with the process than <laughs> a lot of my studio experiences. So I kind of formed a new template on how to make music and record. Um, And, you know, we had to transition to sort of these virtual video shows or even um, I was doing Facebook Live in the beginning. um, But sort of after a little bit of time, um, I became more focused on recording and making music videos. I discovered I actually really like making the videos and (laughs) I'm still working on that. But, yeah, I'm very, very excited because that was not something I had done with Power Slide. we had the very talented Roger Metcalf doing videos for us. I wasn't doing any of it myself. So it was kind of a lot to take on at first, but without there being shows and stuff to promote, you sort of have extra time to do that kind of thing. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, Who else is in the band? I meant the other two folks. So it actually had shifted. So originally I had a different drummer. Um, So Amy, Steve and I had played on the um, original three singles that we released sort of as standalones earlier in the year. Um, But things shifted around. So now um, my partner Hans is the drummer and Amy's still the bass player. And so this has been good for like, you know, quarantine sort of purposes especially um because obviously we're in the same um pandemic pod already and you know he's one of the best musicians i know obviously i'm a bit biased um (laughs) but yeah it's been it's been good so yeah it's a power trio still cool um you uh you actually kind of answered this but uh you 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 are self-proclaimed do-it-yourselfer and you state that this was due to your experience as a grad student and scientist yeah, so it's it's funny. Um, so going through grad school um, was a really, really 
important experience for me. Um, and this was sort of, it happened in conjunction with Power Slut and sort of the decision to end Power Slut coincided with uh, when I finally got my PhD after five and a half years of doing um, original research. But a lot of getting there, it was a lot of failure. It was a lot of struggling. It was a lot of like new techniques that didn't exist yet. So I had to like hmm. basically make my own rig. <laughs> and this involved... Um, you know, getting in there and like soldering wires together and it falls apart every two seconds. And so I really like learned how to sort of um, take initiative in the DIY aspect of science. And so I thought like, why not apply this to recording um, sound waves? You know, I was recording brain waves from rats all this time. Like, why not record sound waves from my guitar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to ask you, tasty place cells, I believe. You <laughs> yeah, coined the so. term tasty place cells. I think I'm going to call the episode that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that's my big discovery um, <laughs> after five and a half years of work. Um, so place cells are in um, the hippocampus of rodents, and, you know, it's thought they're in humans, too. Hippocampus is... Um, thought of as the brain's major center for memory consolidation. And one of the major discoveries in the field is that these place cells, um, which when a rat is exploring, they sort of fire off in a sequence. Um, so they map out different locations in the animal's environment. But what's really cool is that when um, there's memory consolidation, these sequences will reactivate quickly. Um, and sort of this aids in the animal learning how to run a maze or get to food. But something that hadn't been studied is do these cells actually respond to food? Now, it was already known that they respond to stuff like odors and, um, you know, touch and um, also sight. So it kind of seems like they would also respond to food. Um, so my research basically involved giving the rats different tastes as they ran around these mazes um, and seeing if there were cells that would respond to both. Um, and there were, and I called them tasty place cells. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything on that, Sean? I don't even know where to begin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier that, that you work for uh, uh, Broad Institute now, and and um, I see here in, in the notes that uh, you uh, you study or you're, you have studies based on uh, genetics for psych psychiatric disorders. Can you talk a little bit about that since we're on the subject of your, your professional uh, career? Yeah, so I will preface this um, with the fact that I have only been in this position for about a year and I haven't like published any scientific work um, with these studies, but basically my lab studies um, how high risk mutations um, that cause like um, increased risk for psychiatric disorders um, will cause changes in the brain. And I study it on the level of EEG recordings in mice. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, this would be a good segue for uh, the next song. What do you think, Linnea? Um, <laughs> you want to call think that's it? That's a great idea. Yeah, I think I know which song yes. it is. Science and You? Yes. All right, let's hit it. Science and You. Again, this is going to be on that EP in March, right? Nowhere Friday Nights? 
It is, yeah, and we have a video for it coming out on March 5th as well. Cool, cool. Uh, real quick, let's tell them where they could find the music if they they should purchase it. So, best way to get it is off our Bandcamp page, ah, which is yes. just linneasgarden.bandcamp.com. It's also available on other streaming platforms. Sweet. All right, we'll get right back to you, and uh, we'll wrap things up here in our last segment here with Linnea Herzog of Linnea's Garden. I hope you enjoy, and we'll be right back. I'm not afraid of the dark. But you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle, fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work.
All right, folks, friends, and fiends, thanks for listening. We're back here with Linnea Herzog of Linnea's Garden. You just heard Science and You, and I, I just found out that we are honored with, um, I believe, did you say this was the premiere of it? <laughs> the world premiere of Science and You. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We didn't know we were going to do that, but it happened. <laughs> but we appreciate that. Thank you, and we're honored. And we hope you guys liked it out there. Sean, you with us, brother? I am here, my man. All right. Linnea, I had a question for you uh, that deals with the um, the fact that, you know, obviously in 2020 and what seemingly seems is going to be the same path in 2021, maybe possibly no live music, um, at least for the first half of 2021, um, which makes me think of another question that I had for you. But um, anyway, you... Usually when you go to a live show, the, the participant, the listener at the show gets to have the experience of going to the merch table, buying your music, buying shirts, buying stickers, buttons, anything that you have to offer. I was wondering, um, do you guys have a place where um, any fans, new fans, old fans can go and they can, they can help support the band, help support what you're doing? Uh, we do. We have a T-shirt that's actually, um, it's a collaboration with Once Somerville, which is a local venue. Um, they've gone online recently, um, but the story behind this T-shirt and logo design is actually pretty cool. I think it's a really good example about how um, these, you know, crazy situations have fostered new artistic collaboration. So hmm. I have a friend, uh, Brooke Feinberg, who is a very talented artist and one day, um, she posted on Facebook, I'm running out of things to paint. So I was like, hey, if I send you a drum head, will you paint a drum head for my band? Uh -huh. And she just came up with like the most amazing design ever. Um, and um, my friend Aaron, who works with um, the once virtual venue and also um, housemate of Brooks, um, she actually digitized this design um, from a photo of the painting. Um, so she made it so basically we could put it onto any merch that we want. Um, so I've made some stickers, I've made some buttons. Um, I'll be putting those online very soon. You can actually get the t-shirt now and all proceeds will benefit once Somerville. Um, it's on their Shopperville site. Very cool. Yeah. Did you have a second part to that, Sean? Uh, no, nah, it's a different okay, avenue. Well, I want to, I want to wait. Cool enough, because I, I wanted to, I, I have this, um, with uh, Power Slut was not afraid to tackle bi and queer stereotypes. Is this something you're going to carry on through uh, Linnea's Garden? Yeah, I mean, I'd say we already tackled that <laughs> in some of our songs, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it seems that way. <laughs> but, um, all right. And I'm um, curious, too, where are these songs all coming from you? Do you write all of it? Is it all coming from the heart and real stories? Yeah, it sure is. Okay, it sure is. <laughs> you don't want to elaborate as on that. Other, yeah, as far as the other members of the band go, is it uh, is the lyric writing and the music writing process collaborative for you guys, or does it all? Are you the one artistic vision? Um. Well, I write like the music and the lyrics and my part, but everyone sort of you know writes their own part um because obviously i'm not a drummer and i'm only like a really crappy bass player so 
Um, definitely everyone has, you know, their say in what they want to play. <laughs> but I tend to take on, like, you know, the bulk of the songwriting work and, you know, all the vocals and all the guitar work on the new stuff. I'll tell you what, my experience with being in a small band in the area that we're in um, is that um, songwriting is really hard and lyric writing is, uh, it's not an easy task. And I think it comes more naturally to some than other. You know, I think it's all about just putting yourself into experiences that are not like what everyone else has had, because mm. otherwise, how are you going to write a song that's better than what anyone else writes? You know, Joe Schmo wakes up and he writes, I woke up this morning, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like, try harder. You better have like a really fucking good next line if that's your <laughs> first line. And so, you know, I've gone out of my way to sort of have experiences that are unique. And, you know, I think Power Slut touched on a lot of those experiences, but I definitely have a whole wealth of them that I never even wrote about that um, some of those are coming to light, you know, in the in the new Linnea's Garden. We're working on our full length album now, sort of narrowing it down to 13 songs. It's really exciting. Very cool. Um, I got to ask you, being our most intelligent guest in 235 shows, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to pick your brain a little bit. How is the brain like a guitar, as you say? Um, uh, was it brain rhythms and their correlations to disease biomarkers? You made me look up biomarkers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. So how is the brain like a guitar? So it's really cool because so like a guitar, mm -hmm. um, it has the brain has its own resonant frequencies that depend on the physical properties. And so instead of, you know, the wood of a guitar um, or, you know, the way the pickups are wired up, which create feedback, for instance, uh, the way the brain would create these resonant frequencies is the properties of circuits of neurons. And so since you can't test a lot of these in a real person's brain, you know, without causing a lot of damage, you have to sort of use these examples of the guitar to think about how um, stuff might be going wrong in disease. So one of the things I'm really excited about researching is looking at these rhythms that um, the brain naturally produces. So there's certain brain rhythms um, such as alpha wave during relaxation or gamma rhythm during um, tasks that require a lot of cognition. Um, but these are actually abnormal in the brains of um, psychiatric disorders and other disease, um, dementia also. And so it really becomes a question of what is wrong with the circuit. Because when you think of a guitar, um, if there's too much feedback, it creates all this noise and you know, you don't want that. You're <laughs> trying to play a song. Um, and usually when you take the guitar apart, the problem is something's wired wrong in the guitar, right? This happened to me actually a few years ago, my guitar was creating too much feedback. So I took it in and they were like, yep, there's a loose connection in the soldering. And so, it's interesting to think, you know, how far can you take the parallel of hmm. how a brain is like a guitar? Wow, very cool. I have a question, actually, as a result of that discussion. Um, <laughs> I, I've been listening when I go to sleep at night to, uh, a, you know, playlists like dealing with like healing frequencies. I think they call them Sofegio. Oh, um, nice. What different, frequencies? Different hertz levels that are supposed to affect the different um, chakras in your body. Do you have any insight or input on those things? Yeah, so I think it sounds a little woo-woo, you know, to the average person, but I think actually 
there's been some scientific studies backing up that um, because the brain is changed by experience, one of these experiences could be listening to certain tones. Um, and this could actually change how the brain sort of interacts and reacts. So I don't actually think it's that woo-woo. Like, I think, you know, maybe there's something there. I'm going woo-woo right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You, you got more on that, Sean? No, I did have another question, though, you know, that deals a little bit more with her uh, professional career. I was curious, um, dealing with the study of uh, these genetic disorders and things like that, I was curious if you had any insight into the uh, process for, or maybe just uh, thoughts on the the new vaccines for COVID-19. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, but it's important to know that there's been, you know, 20 years of scientific research to um, back this up, that this is sort of a valid treatment. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, oh, it the mRNA vaccine changes your DNA. You know, right, that's completely yeah. false because it like RNA and DNA are in two different places. Like they don't you know, yeah, it's just that's not something that happens. What it does do is it creates a template for a protein, in this case, the spike protein that's found on the edges of the coronavirus, and um, it trains your body into responding um, to build up a immune attack in case it encounters the actual virus. Mm-hmm. And so it actually is safe. There's a lot of research to back it up. And it's very fascinating how quickly, you know, this sort of came into action with the deployment of the vaccines. But the the speed is not because the science is shoddy. It's because all of the regulation procedures were just sped up. They were done in parallel instead of in series. So, you know, as a scientist, I uh, completely support the, the vaccine development. I think, you know, this could pave the way for a lot of exciting new treatments. All right. Well, that's good news. That's reassuring to hear. Very, I was going to say the exact same thing. Very reassuring to hear. And yes. uh, I think it helps me make my decision. Um, you know, not I, I'm not one to, to kind of get mired in the, uh, what would you say, the, the, the conjection or, or the, not the... Uh, you know the, the 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 false talk, the 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 disinformation and the fake information, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to hear the facts and kind of cut through all all the crap and get the solid information. Yeah, from, actually, and I, from somebody down to earth, life. which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I like to go out and I like to read the um, different um, science-based documents whenever I'm maybe looking at something particular, you know. Exactly. And I I mean, the cool part is like seeing how quickly um, the science at first it was confusion. Right. You know what is going on with the pandemic. But the way science works is like, you know, stuff can change. It doesn't mean it's bad science. It means that's the scientific method at work. So I think you just got to trust the process and there might not be like immediate results for everything. um, But, you know, it's it's powerful like the the facts will come to light if we use the scientific method so it'll be interesting to see how this paves way like you mentioned for other treatments 
for other diseases and um, how this this uh, this process can be used for for other areas. So it'll be definitely. We're going to have to have you on just to talk science sometime. Maybe give you your own science segment. <laughs> uh, I got to bring it back I to mean, my my playing field here too. Oh, Sean, you still got you're going to go? I was just gonna, I was just going to finish with who knows this could just open like a whole new, you know, there could be an explosion of medical science breakthroughs maybe as a result of the effort that's been put in for this pandemic. Yeah, that's my hope. So yeah, uh, like I said, we, you should get your own science segment here. Um, now, I, I back to my level: Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars, but only like the three that people think are good. <laughs> Four, five, and six. <laughs> okay, the classics. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I'm both. I'll be honest with you. I can be a switch hitter in that case because I, I do love Star <laughs> Trek Discovery. Um, I love Picard. Um, I, I grew up with Star Trek, and then Star Wars took over, and that's what happened with me. Uh, I'm not even sure how so Sean would answer that. Interesting is um, the first uh, male on male slash fan fiction was actually written about Star Wars characters. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, how about horror movies? Where are you at? Do you have a favorite? I really like uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street movies because Johnny Depp is in them, and <laughs> oh, I like another him. one. Yeah, I, I know a few Deppites, if you will. Uh, yeah, no, I saw that in the theater as a kid. That's a, that's an old favorite. So are you more slasher, monster, ghosts, paranormal? I think more psychological thriller. Yeah, okay. the gore stuff doesn't usually do it for me. Then maybe you could recommend, I'm on a documentary run right now. I can't get enough of these, like... Uh, crazy, uh, whether it's science or the cryptids, like I was talking to Sean earlier about shadow people, Bigfoot, UFOs. Always, we always talk about them on the show, anyway. But can you recommend any good documentaries? Anything science-wise or cryptids? Um. Or do you I not get? Know. Do you not get the into that? One was okay, I guess. Oh. <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I, I don't spend a lot of time like getting into movies and TV. Like I find it kind of like takes away from my creative process. It's more of like oh, a yeah, relaxing thing and. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, that's I usually I, just watch really vapid fluff. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I like horror movies and documentaries. I, I just I can't get enough of them. And uh, Prime is just full of those documentaries right now. Uh, we were talking about that earlier too. So all right. So what did you grow up listening to? Just curious. Um, pretty much whatever was on the radio. I mean, I took in a lot of rock and pop and hip hop. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, and so after the favorite, yeah, go ahead, Sean. Uh, that maybe you found during the pandemic, or do you have like a go-to uh, artist you like to to listen to? Uh someone I just found during the pandemic. Um, you know, they're they're quite poppy. It's not really my usual bag, but um, I really like what they're doing, um, combining sort of pop, electronic, a little emo. Um, they're <laughs> called Water Parks. Um, hmm. And they have like three albums out. I've just been really getting into that band. Um, it's it's funny. I think I'm like the oldest Water Parks fan um, <laughs> at 31. <laughs> but yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and do they stylize that as one word or two words? One word. Yeah. He's researching. Okay, yeah, he's gonna check it out <laughs> right now. Um, all right. It's uh, very poppy. Yeah, it's 
you know, I, I never liked the term pop punk because I like pop and I like punk and pop punk is not something I like necessarily. <laughs> so, yeah, but they, they fit the pop and the punk, if that makes any sense. It does. No, that absolutely makes sense. Uh, definitely. Um, so after the EP, what is next for Lene's Garden? We're going to record a full length album and hopefully put it out on vinyl. Oh, really? Doing vinyl. That's cool. Yeah, so we are signed with a local label, Red on Red Records, and so um, it's really cool to be a part of that. Um, and we're going to be doing, hopefully, it'll transition into live shows um, in the summer. But right now, we've been doing virtual showcases with the other bands on that label, and it's been really cool so far. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that there is, you're looking ahead to the future. That's important for all of us right now. Uh, And, oh, timely thing, uh, Rush Limbaugh died today, and, uh, oh, Marilyn Manson, still in trouble. Those (laughs) are the topics of today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he. uh, we talked about that earlier, too. Not going to touch that one. I mean, what's that? What about Joe Sweden? Oh, he's in trouble that? too. Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. in trouble like every year. <laughs> every year. <laughs> Is it like a different girl every year? Or... I'm not sure of the details. <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, that that's another one that surprised me, but I guess it shouldn't these days. But anyway, yeah. It's let's... so much easier to just like be a nice person, then you don't have to worry about any of that shit. You know, like yeah. just be a nice person, and then I don't have to make awkward choices. You know, about who I'm a fan of. You know, right. Considering the personality with the work where I would rather not make that choice because I'd rather everyone was just, you know, not a shithead. So exactly. exactly. Not a shithead. <laughs> yeah. That's just it. Get it out in your art. And then you, you, you know, don't be a shithead. Don't be you a don't shithead. have to be an asshole to be a good artist. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> if you want to get out and scream on stage and get it out there, do it. You know, you're not really hurting anybody there. But uh, listen, I appreciate you coming on here. Sean, do you have something else for her? No, I just I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, get to meet you and, and know you a little bit, and uh, I uh, I actually maybe look forward to having other science based conversations with you. Hell so, yeah! If that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, right on. Thanks for having me on the show. This oh, is yeah. awesome. Once you yeah, once you're in, once again, you're the most intelligent guest we've had so far. I I, I Martin Atkins might give you a run. I don't know. He was <laughs> Oh, he's great. Isn't yeah, he? I love the show. That's awesome. He is incredible. Yeah, he's been on. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. Um but all right, thank you for doing this and uh why don't you tell people where to find you and where to get the stuff? So you can get Linnea's Garden music and the new EP um, that's coming out March 5th on Bandcamp, Linnea'sGarden.bandcamp.com. You can also look us up on Spotify or um, Apple Music or any of those platforms. Awesome. And as always, we are Kettle Whistle Radio on Instagram. Uh, the new comic book is out, Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, which you can find and help support the cause here, Issue 1. Issue 2 is on the way, uh, but Issue 1 is out. You can get that at uh, burningbulbcomics.com, or you can go to burningbulbpublishing.com for all the other stuff. All our episodes are on fairlydarkproductions.com, and I am at fairlydark on Twitter. Um, Sean, you are where? <laughs> I am only on Facebook. Only on Facebook. And there it is. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, folks. And we're going to go out. Uh, I think you should introduce the song. <laughs> it's actually my favorite. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll cut that. But uh, yeah, we're going to do Switch Hitter. Switch Hitter. Oh, okay. So All this right. is this song's called Switch Hitter. It's by Power Slut. It's basically tackling all the stereotypes of what you know people would think when they learn someone is bi.
there it is. Great song, and thanks for being our guest, and we'll have you back soon. I'm going to say goodnight to everybody, folks, friends, and fiends. Good night, Sean. Good night, Lene. Good night. That's best. All right, take care.
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast, transform your influence. Electricast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.